At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Carter Worth, Tim Seymour, Dan Nathan, and Guy Dami. Tonight on Fast, don't call it a comeback. The surge off the December low is raging on as the S&P 500 climbs out of correction territory. But there's a number of interesting names sitting out the rally. It could spell trouble ahead. We'll explain. Plus, Tesla tanking after Elon Musk announces job cuts at the electric vehicle maker and outlines a difficult road ahead. Is this stock just too risky to own? But first, we start off with the market rally. The Dow up more than 350 points at the highs of the day on signs of peace. During the trade wars, China offers a way to eliminate the U.S. trade imbalance. Industrials leading the charge of names like Boeing and Caterpillar get a boost. But we've seen this story before. So can you trust the trade deal hype? And if so, does this put the Fed back on the playing field this year? We were just sampling a little prints there. When is Dubs, that what that was? Yes. It's the orchestral version of prints. It's a historic night, by the way, but we'll save that for a little bit later. There were, there was, there were a number <laughs> of questions that you asked at the top of the show. Number. And I actually think I remembered a few of them. Can you trust this rally? Well, look, I thought it would fade 100 points ago. So clearly I was wrong on that. But one of the things I have said, if there's any glimmer of a trade deal, maybe we get back to 27.10 in the S&P, which, if you recall, a month and a half or so ago was a pretty big level of support. Past support becomes resistance. That's what I would say is the upside. In terms of does it bring the Fed back on the table, my opinion, I don't think the Fed's ever been off the table. Maybe their language is such. But I think the Fed is full speed ahead. And in my world, full speed ahead means Three rate hikes this year, and they will continue to whittle down the balance sheet. It's quite a different reaction wow. in the markets compared to yesterday's trade headlines, right? Yesterday's trade headlines was a flash in the pan. And today, going into a long weekend even, after this big run off December lows, people are still willing to be long into this weekend on these headlines. Because I, I don't think anybody wants to go home this weekend and have headlines come out over the weekend that, in fact, the deal's been done. And, and the fear of missing out, and I'm not going to use the term FOMO, Dan. But you just uh, I, did. I'm, I'm going to talk about <laughs> that this is the pain trade is higher. And, and, and so everybody in their brother uh, called 2630 or 2620 or 2600 being the place we're going to rally up to. We're now through it. Now, how much through it? I don't know. But if you look at a handful of stocks, um, they've not only broken that downtrend, but some of these are stocks that have been bottoming over the course of, of two to three months even. So not everybody just hit the bottom in December. And I am talking about the rest of the world. So you can make an argument um, that what has changed? Well, what has changed is that the negative feedback loop from the Fed. Um, if nothing else, the Fed has been forced to look at their language and change it. And I think that that's very important for the markets. Fed changed and, and the government shutdown also changed. I mean, Trump right. is much more in a position of needing to have some sort of a win than at the beginning could of you the make month, an argument I would that say. The market is when those two things get resolved, that it's being priced in right now. Let's say there's a resolution on trade and there's a resolution on uh, sort of close the government, don't close the government. Is it priced in by going up 14% off the low in the S&P? Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. Then you could fade the classic fade the news. Yeah, so not only that, I mean, listen, we've had these groups that really got slaughtered in the last couple months of last year that have had this really tremendous reaction. And listen, you know, we've been talking about the bank stocks, and I think the follow-through that we saw from some that reported earlier in the week and, and actually ended up – they 
opened up down and then they closed up high and then they continued to follow through. Some of those gains on, on Goldman, on Bank of America were truly astounding and they held those gains. That's really important. But here's the most important thing to me, what I'm looking for the next couple of weeks. It's MAGA, it's Microsoft, it's Apple, it's Google and it's Amazon. It's really catching don't, on. It is catching with on. Who? Who's just it catching on with? It's catching on with Dan. You know, we started January 2nd, right? <laughs> Right after the close, and we had this massive revenue miss by Apple. I'd be very surprised if we do not see that among some uh, massive U.S. multinationals, specifically in technology. I, I, you know, so we have this period right now where everyone's pretty optimistic about what Q2 is going to look like. Right now, Q1 GDP has already been priced to what one and a half percent. That's what people are thinking, and then we get this pickup in Q2. To me, I think the guidance of MAGA is the most important thing we got going on in the next couple of weeks. Is the market expensive? And listen, quickly, is the market expensive here? I mean, earnings, say what you want about earnings. They haven't been particularly fantastic. The price action has been, been pretty good. good on the back yeah. of it. Like, for example, a Skyworks, which is now higher than it was when Apple made that crazy announcement. That stock, in my opinion, should be lower than it's not. So a lot of these stocks are saying, you know what, all the bad news has been priced in going forward, clear selling ahead. I'm not certain that's the case. And if you're in the bull camp, you have to wrap your head around What's the right multiple in a slowing but, environment? But I, I'll say this, guy. You know, the market hasn't really cared when the multiple was around 18, 19 on the S&P, and it certainly didn't care um, in the early part of this rally. You can make an argument that the S&P is certainly very attractive here. So that, to me, is a function of where you think the Federal Reserve but, is going to be. don't you think that's really important? Last year, when we had the S&P trading at 18 times, you know, the growth estimates were, were much higher than they are right now. So we've had this downshift in growth globally, you know, and it really does, does speak to what the optimism Mike Santoli was just saying it at the end of that last hour. The optimism was abound at Davos last year. It's not likely to be this year. And it's and excessive now. Yeah. The optimism is as excessive as the pessimism was in late December. But, but is it? I think so. And also, the further you go up, does that make it a better buy as we get to higher levels? Or does that make it more vulnerable? giving back some of this. You I tell mean, us, well, Carmen, you, you think it means it's more vulnerable, and I get that. Um, and, and I would argue that while... Uh, as you looked at an oscillator, an overbought condition, just as we can look at oversold. I, we it, talked RSIs last night, Carter. RSIs. You know I love your RSIs. And, and I, I would just say, you know, that there's no question in a market that's moved 13% in 17 sessions is obviously got a lot of enthusiasm and momentum behind it. But I, I will also say that I, I do think if you look at where people are sentiment-wise, both whether it's AI, bull bear readings, or whether it's RSIs, uh -huh. or whether you look at positioning in the shorts, if you look at the SPY, the spider, again, the, the, the short covering in that has not been extraordinary. Can I, I ask a simple question here? It's, you're you're would, running the would show. Would we feel, that's right, I could ask you so, a question. I mean, last I, night I, I asked a question. well, please. <laughs> um, would any of you feel better if the move of 13% off of highs, 12% or whatever, whichever stock or sector you're going to cite was made over a period of two or three months? versus a period of four weeks. I would. Yeah. I'd absolutely feel better about it. Just a sort of slow trough to the upside. But given the, given the, the, the sharpness of the downturn, I mean, does it make sense that well, the recovery is, well, is sharper right? as well? Right. It's a V. Is. It's predicated right. on a preceding plunge. But at so some why is point, it vulnerable then? Well, at some point, just as you can get too far down, you get too far up. Or said differently, FOMO is both ways. I got to get out of this before it gets much worse. I got to get back in this before it gets much better. And that's not an enduring sentiment. That's impetuous, impulsive, and more often than not, it gives way to some sort of mean reversal. Here's what I would say to people that are not fully invested right now because they were scared at the end of December. This market has no reason why it gets away from you. Earnings are not going to be that extraordinary. You're going to have the Fed starting to give you some sense of that they're going to be data dependent again. And data dependent could be my glass is half empty. So I, I know it's a difficult time because everybody said, you know what, um, I don't want to own this market. And a lot of people sold into strength, into weakness, whether it was tax loss selling or, or they were really, truly 
probably scare me another 20% to go, but uh, this market does not get away from you on Playing the Playing the role, though, of the, of the person at home, though, I mean, take a look at the Netflix quarter. I mean, the Netflix quarter, you would have thought that for a stock, it was a 50% off of the December lows, that given that earnings report, which had hair on it, mm-hmm. that the stock would have given up, and that would have been your chance. And so you're looking at this and thinking, okay, so earnings season is not going to be easy, you know, ahead. But you got this example of Netflix. Every reason to sell the stock here because of the, the sharpness of that recovery. And it didn't. Nice haircut, it held up pretty nicely. I, I, my haircut is outstanding. Nice haircut, actually. You know, well, no, yeah. no, it, it, no, it's a great haircut. It's, it's okay. Can we just, no, it's more than okay. It's outstanding, number one. Hold on a number second. two. Saying your own haircut is outstanding is kind of like giving yourself a nickname, right? I mean, I don't think you're supposed swizzle. to do oh, that. I've done that terrible. before as well. I think the main point Hold on. Can I, I was going to make a point. You well can both today, make points. Except the, 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 the market was up 300 points. If the Dow was flat today, Netflix would have been down probably another five bucks. So that's my counter to your initial question. You know, last night, and I don't know if you guys were paying attention, Carter said something really yes. important last night. There okay? we go. Carter said wow. that the September kind of new high in the S&P 500 <laughs> wasn't a real new high because almost every group in the, in, in the entire S&P 500 was basically in correction, Terry, on its way to being a crash. And the only reason we made a new high was because of MAGA, because of a handful of mega cap stocks. That's it. Now, all those stocks are still in down 20%, the big ones. And I'm just telling you. That's so, why the market's not going to get away from you. But that, that's right. it, And I'm and making your point. And, and what I would also industry. say is even look at a JP Morgan that was trading at $97 the morning that it reported, and now it closed today at 104 It's still in a very important downtrend, and it's come along long way. So the notion that it's going to break out of that downtrend and go back to the prior highs, what the heck is going to make that happen? Right. V's are rare. We have a V. You don't usually bet a V. And it's not like a little V. It's a big V. Come too far. In, in this morning, you, you sent out a note saying Say you just short that. This is the first time sell. that the ricochet, I think, Can is I? too far. Yeah. Yeah. You want to ask a question? Can I ask him a question? You may ask Thank one you. question. Um, so Keep it short. What do you do with emerging? <laughs> what do you do with emerging markets that bottom first were a mess and are actually breaking out of a range? Because well, that they're was not. they're know. sideways. If you look at the EM, right, the relative outperformance is impressive, but it's not an instance of actual outperformance. It's just that they're less bad than U.S. equities. There are individual U.S. equities that are actually absolute up and relative up. The EM is sort of a muddling thing. It has no character, I would say. Wow. Let's let's tie this up character. with a nice little bow here. I like bows. Would you be along the market here? I mean, would you buy the market here? Fresh money to work here in the S and P 500. What's my timeline? Sorry, I hate to do you this know. to you because there's a lot of questions I need six to answer, months. but I, I, I need to answer this six question months. for you. Six so months. right now, six months for six months. Um, no, I'm not putting new money to work. Damn. I like that answer. I, I'm not either. I, I, I'm there not saying go. that we go back and test the December 24th lows, but I think there's a good shot that we kind of retrace at least half this re- recent move. Okay. If the move to the downside was irrational, the move over the last two weeks or so, 17 is trading sessions, equally irrational. Just because it's going higher doesn't make it means it makes sense. People I think confuse that. So to answer your question, I do think we're going to retest. I've thought that for a while and been wrong, but I do think there's a very good chance we retest over the next couple of weeks. Coming up as the trade war talks boost stocks, Dan says there is one name that could be a big winner of the trade deal. He will reveal it. Plus Tesla in reverse, the stock down more than 10% after Elon Musk lays out a difficult road ahead. We'll tell you the comments that's got Wall Street so worried. And later, stocks on a tear since the December lows, but there are a number of names sitting out this rally. We'll explain what it could mean for the markets. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. 
Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome back to Fast Money. Tesla tanking today down double digits after CEO Elon Musk announced the electric vehicle maker will cut 7% of its workforce. Phil LeBeau is live in Chicago with more on this story. Hey, Phil. And Melissa, when you look at what's going on with Tesla, it's pretty simple. This is a company that is in the process of uh, eliminating 7% of its workforce. That comes out to about 3,100 jobs, and the reason is they need to lower the cost of the Model 3. In an email to employees, Elon Musk said, while we have made great progress, our products are still too expensive for most people. How expensive is the Model 3? Well, they talked about someday selling it for $35,000. The reality is that most Model 3s on average are selling for between $50,000 and $55,000. Now, Elon Musk would like to raise the volume and bring that average transaction price down somewhere in that $40,000 range, maybe $35,000 to $40,000. But in order to do that, they've got to be a lot more efficient and they've got to lower their costs, which is why when you take a look at shares of Tesla, keep in mind that he also said today that they will be likely posting a profit, a tiny profit, in the fourth quarter. It'll be lower than in the third quarter, but it is, in his opinion, going to be a profit. However, going forward, guys, we're now in that area of lumpy deliveries. Not entirely sure about how much demand is there, especially as they try to lower the price point at which they're going to sell the Model 3. Phil, uh, you know, last year, I believe it was in June or over the summer, they had a huge, they also fired some staff and then they hired back a lot of people. And so when you take a look at the staffing levels over the past, let's say, nine months or so, is it actually almost the same? So the 7% reduction in the workforce actually looks to be the same number of workers well, he, he said today that they increased their, their hiring by 30% in the last year. Yeah. So it, it doesn't look like they're getting rid of everybody that they brought on. But, Melissa, people are misconstruing the fact that they added all of these people, that they ramped up their production of the Model 3, and they met their goals with the idea that they can continue at that level of staffing. You just can't have that many people building these vehicles. It's not cost-efficient over the long term, and that's why they need to become much, much more efficient and lower their costs. Okay. Phil, thanks. Phil LeBeau in Chicago for us. So is the stock too risky to own? And I don't even know why I'm asking this question to you, Tim, because I think I know the answer. Because you're going to say no. So let me me surprise you. you Well, I'm going to point out that first, if this was Ford or GM doing this, we'd actually be um, impressed. We'd be rewarding the yeah. company. And we kind of did that with GM. And, but, of course, they're not. And, and this is the whole point with Tesla. Uh, the, the risks around Tesla are not around their battery. They're not around the technology. They're not around, even at this point, even the CEO. Um, they are about ramping up. And, and to me, that's the big risk because Tesla um, operational efficiency and execution to really grow this thing into a mass market. This is a mass market car has been held in question. And it does make you question whether what they did last quarter is sustainable. And also that U.S. that, that tax cut, um, I think, is a lot more important to Tesla than people thought. And losing that's subsidy. a big deal. The subsidy. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, I, I think that the, the problem, whatever the reality is in terms of the cash burn, we'll find that out when, when Tesla reports earnings, is that when you hear about um, staff reductions in order to make something more, more efficient or more profitable, whatever, you immediately think about what their position is. And you think about them building a factory in Shanghai, and you think about them continuing to ramp up production and meeting targets and wanting to remain gap, uh, profitable, and you think, maybe they got to do a capital raise. I mean, that's back, not that it's gone away. But it's definitely back in the forefront. A couple weeks, this. well, a couple months ago, we said they sort of took the capital raise out of the equation when they talked about how they're going to be cash flow positive, right? I thought, 
listen, I do think there's a chance for a, for a capital raise as well. And the fact that the stock has rallied off them historically, I don't think it does this time. Stock has been in this 275-ish to 375 range. It's vacillated there a number of times over the last couple of years, and it feels as though you're going to revisit that 275 level and then give it another shot there on the long side. I mean, that's side. just it. It's just a it's a gambling chip. It's been it actually the exact highs like two, uh, 385. The bottom is 250. It's done that six times. So when you drop from 385 to 250, you drop 35 percent. You got to climb 50 percent back to make it to high, and it's done that six right. Nobody's winning in this, bearable, and it has nothing to do with whether he's tweeting or smoking or whether he's cutting or not cutting or he has a tent or he doesn't have it's a tent. What the stock does. It's just what the stock does. It's one of the highest well, beta, untradeable done nothing in there. five years. I think you guys right. have to remember that they're going to lose on a gap basis a billion dollars this year, okay? Like, um, so, you know, I mean, it's not like uh, things are getting that much better. They sold 7,000 more cars quarter over quarter in Q4. Um, you know, so to me, this thing is challenged. This is one recession away from being uh, in a very tough spot. And don't forget, uh, SpaceX also cut employees last week, too. For more on Tesla's difficult road ahead, you can log on to tradingnation.cnbc.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. I'm going to go all in because I don't think you got the space. Not so fast, Matt Damon. The casino stocks are surging, but Mike Coe says there's one name that's gone too far too fast. Plus... Orange Mocha Frappuccino! And that's exactly how excited you'll be after you hear what the Chartmaster sees in Starbucks. He'll explain why he thinks the stock is about to heat up. There's much more Fast Money right after this break. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome back to Fast Money. The market uh, surging off those Christmas Eve lows. The S&P now out of correction territory with the major majority of the stocks, excuse me, soaring double digits since the bottom. But a number of names have set out the rally. Dom, she's breaking it down uh, back at headquarters. Hey, Dom. Well, oh, what a recovery it's been, Melissa, after the carnage on Christmas Eve. The S&P 500 has risen in V-shaped fashion. It's gained around 14% since that near-term bottom. That's also, by the way, what the average S&P 500 return is for a member stock during that time frame as well. There are outperformers and there are underperformers. Let's focus on some of those stocks that have sat out the recent rally. You've got the consumer discretionary sector. It has been a big outperformer since the lows, thanks in large part to Amazon.com. But other retailers have sat out, like Macy's, which is down around 9% during that span, thanks to disappointing results from the holiday shopping season. Newmont Mining down around 8% as well, but in large part because of its big stock and cash purchase of Gold Corp. Domestic tobacco giant Altria is also underperforming, but up about a percent or so as investors really take stock of the future, not just of tobacco, but also vaping trends and also the cannabis industry. And Delta Airlines up around that same amount after an up and down ride for shareholders given concerns about future guidance. Those are just a sampling of some of the underperformers, Melissa, as traders really try to evaluate whether some companies and stocks are better positioned to catch up to the market's recent run than others. Back over to you. All right. Thanks, Don. Have a great weekend, Dom Chu. So are any of these names about to catch up to this rally or should they be left in the dust? We thought we'd play a little game of... 
Trade it or fade it. Trade it or fade it. So let's go through each of these names. Uh, Newmont down about 8% since the market low. Trade it or fade it, Tim. So again, I, my tendency would be wanting to say trade it because that really means I would actually sell it, but I'm not going to say I'm going to play the game. Why every single time you have to go through this explainer? <laughs> Guy, Just get with it. Fade it. Fade it. Thank Bottom you. line is there's consolidation in the gold sector. That's not a reason to buy a company. In fact, I think they're consolidating out of weakness. Um, and I don't think that you know, the bottom line is the underlying asset prices are not being valued the way they were five to ten years ago. How do you feel about Newmont? I think gold has uh, got a lot of momentum. I think it outperformed last year, which you know. And I think it's got surprise potential this year when other things will disappoint. So you would... I He's was a traded. Is it sure, sure. traded? Sure, traded. Carter nice. Frax, yeah. worth a traded. Chief Swizzle over here on the hook is also a traded. Really? For M&A? similar reasons. Listen, no, not M&A. Okay. I'm going to throw okay. that out the window. All right. But I'm going to say the commodity itself seems to be getting life once again. And if the dollar is going to weaken with this Fed that is imaginarily turned dovish, I think there's a real chance that gold gets some giddy up over the next couple of months. So with Carter, I trade it. Interesting. All right, we go back to Guy here. For Macy's, Macy's is down 9% uh, since the low. So trade it or fade it, Guy? Yes, I'm going to trade that one, Melissa. And I'm going to trade Nicely it because, done. thank you, appreciate that. Because if you look, on January 11th when they reported, I believe, the single worst day in the history of the company as a publicly traded company, the volume was tremendous. In my world, that's a bit of a capitulatory bottom. The story hasn't improved all that much, but you could absolutely see the shares continue to rally. So in this game, when we're looking for moves, to the upside or the downside. I think the downside's over for now. I would trade it. Yeah, so I see no absolute reason to even look at this name. I mean, you just <laughs> it. There we go. No, I mean, but, like, if we're so just talking about we just had this balloon. reflex move. The average stock is up 13, 14 And this hasn't moved. That's why we started this, this segment. This thing this hasn't way. moved. That's, that's I, I don't about. know why you would even get near this thing because right. all of us, and we're in agreement, that we're going to go back and retrace some of this move. So why would you want to try to pick at the worst performing name? And it peaked name in July of 2015. Yeah, stop like, it, guys. So you're a faded Tim, you're in his camper. I would trade it at these levels. And here, here is why. First of all, um, it was being pushed around up into even those terrible numbers because people thought of it not only as a secular play, but a cyclical play. They were all getting destroyed. The rest of the discretionary names and some of the retail have come back. People are pricing this thing like it's going out of business. It's not. It's six and a half times with a 6% dividend yield. It's not a great company. It's way too cheap. We're going to move on to Altria. This is Please. Carter's. Altria is up 1%. Carter, trade it or fade it? Fade it. I mean, this is just uh, this Fast. is boring money. If you want to sit around and wait for a dividend, maybe it gets cut, maybe it doesn't. I mean, it's one of the greatest all-time winners, if you look at this on a long-term right. basis. Quintupling the S&P and especially so total return. But its best days are behind it. All right. Wow. It is time for the final trade oh. on this Friday show. Thanks for the fade. Very quick. Uh, Carter Braxton Worth, final trade. GLD. Oh. <laughs> Sim. Sim, man, is consistent. Um, I, I think the oil space is interesting. I think the oil services have been destroyed this year, and I think Halliburton is also a very cheap company that at least has been played too hard to the downside. Dan. Uh, yeah, stick around for OA. We're going to trade one. UPS. A big one. Big, big one. Big, big one. You know, I started the show saying it's a special historic. night. Very special. You said it's Ten happy. Can I say it? Go ahead. Happy 10. Happy 10-year happy, happy anniversary. Oh, I mean, OA. Carter, where's my coat? Nice. Melissa Lee. Dan. 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 It's amazing. That's Ten's going, Dan. Fantastic. <laughs> Final trade. Valero Energy reports at the end of the month, and although Dan doesn't like it, I do. Back to you, Mel. All right. That does it for us. See you back here Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. 10-year anniversary right after this break. Away. 
How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.